0: Well, excited to be with you this morning. I want you to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 5. We're looking at verse 38 down through verse 42. And we are uh, graduating into uh, verse uh, 41. So there are six illustrations laid out for us in the righteousness of the new kingdom compared to the righteousness of the old kingdom. So what you've got going on is Jesus has presented the premise of the Sermon on the Mount which is the premise of the total absolute acknowledgement of your helplessness and the poorness of spirit in the first beatitude and then the wonder of the overwhelming uh, righteousness and power and presence of of his person literally coming and merging with you. And in that merger a whole new deal is created which is the kingdom person. He describes it as the kingdom of God. And it is the kingdom person. And as he describes the kingdom person. He describes him as salt and light. Which is of course a being experience. Not something you do. Something you are. So he's describing not an activity. Or a new set of laws. Or a new set of rules. But he's describing the, uh, the vitality of the new individual. Who has uh, found merger with God. And this new creature has been created. It's a new species. They're called sons of God. And when he gets done talking about that and presenting that to us. He presents the idea of righteousness in verse 20. Of the old, the righteousness of the scribe and the Pharisee. Over against the righteousness of this new kingdom person. And the righteousness of the new kingdom person is so beyond the lifestyle, the way he thinks, the way he is. Well it's the heart of God. And no one could meet up to that righteousness, that standard without the merger of uh, between himself and the heart of God. And he begins to describe that. He gives six illustrations of it. We are dealing with the fifth illustration. Which is verse 38. Within the fifth illustration. There are four illustrations. Four illustrations within the sixth, within this fifth one. And here's the way it reads. You have heard that it was said. An eye for an eye. And a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek. Turn the other to him also. First illustration. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek. Turn the other to him also. Second illustration. If anyone wants to sue you. Take away your tunic. Let him have your cloak also. Third illustration. And whoever compels you. To go one mile, go with him too. Fifth, fourth illustration. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Uh, my family and I are very, very familiar with Jerusalem. Uh, we come here once a year. By the way, my name is Simon. Uh, I'm from Cyrenia. And we've lived there all of our lives Uh, Raised our family there, have business there. We're Jews and because we are Jews, we come once a year to Jerusalem. It's the feast of the Passover. It's a neat time, religious holiday, take a little time off, family vacation along with it. And the family, we've raised our boys in this, got two boys. We've raised our boys in this. And they look forward every year to coming. And they've gotten acquainted with some other kids uh, that come once a year. And it's kind of a neat thing. And we come and observe the Feast of the Passover. And I have to be honest, I'm a businessman. So I've, uh, I usually sandwich some business opportunities <laughs> in with the religious holiday and the family vacation. And so I have some contacts I make and, you know, can write it off as a business. Well, anyhow, you know. So... Uh, We've come this year. There's something going on in Jerusalem that uh, I don't know. It's, it's a little strange this year. There's a tone, an atmosphere over all of Jerusalem that hasn't been here before. S- something stirring, I guess, in the politics. I'm not in on that. So I don't know what's happening. But I just observe that something is happening. I made an appointment uh, early in the morning. And the reason I made an appointment, it was Friday, uh, that early morning. And the reason I made that appointment, you know, business appointment, had to go out of, outside of Jerusalem uh, and fulfill a business obligation. And I made an appointment with my boys. Then after that, we were going to take and do some things. And I promised them I'd be back, left plenty of time. Hey, no problem, going to be back to have a time with my boys. When I got the business appointment all done and I came into Jerusalem, I was a little late, I admit that. So I was in a hurry. I could still make it on time. But hey it was a little late. So I br- rushed down the main street there in Jerusalem. Which was a mistake. There was this large crowd. And they were all coming at me. And I just hit it at the wrong time. No doubt about that. And I saw that this crowd. I was wasn't—I should have gone another route. <laughs> I saw that this crowd. I wasn't going to. There was no way I was going to push through them. No way in the world. And so I just, I just stood back and hid myself in a doorway, a business shop doorway, and hid in the shadows and said, hey, I'll wait it out. I'll probably be a little late, but not too bad. I'll just wait this thing out. As the crowd goes by, finally they'll all get by and I'll go on my way. And then I began to discover the crowd went on and on. And they were angry, they were throwing stuff, it was cussing and cursing and it was just, it was a wild, wow, I sure should have gone another way. But waiting in the shadows, I finally, the heart of the crowd itself finally arrived at my location. And there were three of these guys. Uh, One of them was dominant it seemed like because everybody's attention was on him and he was carrying this 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 cross thing it was it was rugged <laughs> it was i can't tell you how it was soaked with blood uh blood was dripping from his brow they'd put some kind of crown of thorns on his brow and jammed it into his head and the guy looked like he'd been beaten to death to tell you the truth he was just his his flesh was hanging in ribbons where it just they had just sliced him it was just It was awful. It was just no way to describe it. And he was carrying this cross. And of course it was so heavy. And he'd been doing it for so long. That he just like. He was just. He couldn't go any further. And can you believe it. When he got. Oh mercy. When he got in front of me. He collapsed. And that heavy cross just. Thudded down on his back. And crushed him in the ground. And. And. The crowd kind of separated for a moment and then all came in on him and they were yelling and screaming and, and finally, finally, Roman soldiers got involved and pushed the crowd back and finally somebody had sense enough to say the guy can't go on like this forevermore. I, they, were, they were calling his name, it was Jesus, I, I didn't know anything about him, I'm not into the politics of Jerusalem so I didn't know what was going on. Stood there in the shadows, just waiting. Time's going by. Sticking longer than I needed to. This whole thing was really an inconvenience in my schedule. No doubt about that. But hey, what are you going to do? Made the wrong turn. Here I am. Stuck. I got things to do. I can't. Wow. I, uh whoa. Anyhow, what happened was a Roman guard came up. And said, hey, somebody's got to carry this guy's cross for him. I was in the shadows. How could he see me? There was no, what? I mean, there's a hundred people standing around. And out of all the 25,000 people in Jerusalem, can you believe it? Yeah, my dumb luck. Can you believe it? What an inconvenience. Can you believe it? Man, I don't have time for this. Can you believe it? That guard drew a sword, came right over to where I was, stuck it in my face, and said, you carry his cross. And I said, man, my boys are, I'm not from here. This is none of my, I don't have a dog in this fight, guy. Come on, just, but you see, it's that, Persian thing I don't know Persian over they had, they had some kind of custom you know it just carried on that people of power and authority had the right to commandeer your services for anything they wanted to and I guess if you're powerful and rich and I guess that would be a good thing for you they could take your animals they could demand your time they can ask you to help them. And not pay, of course. No, they aren't going to pay. And that whole thing kind of came into Roman culture. And the Romans liked it. And they picked up on it. So, here's a soldier coming to me. Hey, this is not my deal. I don't have time for this. <laughs> what an inconvenience. I mean, my boys are... I just... Whoa. I, and besides, I just bought a new suit. Do that every year when I come to Jerusalem. I just bought a new suit. You know what that thing's going to do to my suit? But what are you going to do? With a sword in my face, I had to take that cross. Wasn't my choice. What an inconvenience. I griped all the time. Not fair isn't right. You don't have. It isn't my deal. It isn't my cross. I shouldn't have to. What an interference. And yet they made me go the mile. But the reason I'm telling you this story is because, yeah, I griped. Yeah, I complained. Yeah, I belly ached. But I want you to know that inconvenience wasn't an inconvenience at all. That interruption wasn't an interruption at all. That messing up of my schedule. <laughs> I stand here today to tell you I am so grateful. that a Roman guard grabbed a sword and stuck it in my face. I had an encounter with the Son of God. And my life is... I never would have met the man. I'd have taken my boys and we'd have gone off and come back and we'd had a big time the Passover would be over and we'd say well maybe the Messiah will come before next year and I would have gone on my way but it was in that interruption it was in that oh brother it was in that well this is not fair it was in that somebody getting in my face again it was in that oh not another phone call forever it was in that that God stepped into my world And I have no way of telling you how significant that was in my life. Because, hey, it not only changed my life, it changed my wife, it changed my two boys. In fact, do you understand? I got to participate in the fulfillment of the prophecy of God that redeemed a world. Me! Me! was an inconvenience. I was griping and complaining. And here it was the opportunity of a lifetime. And my life was changed. In fact, they wrote about me in the Bible. And did you know that 2,000 years later somebody's going to be in a church reading about me? (laughs) In fact, Mark Here's what he said about me. Then they compelled a certain man. Simon a Cyrenian. The father of Alexander. Those are my boys. Alexander and Rufus. (laughs) My boys. As he was coming out of the country. And passing by. To bear his cross. In fact what happened was. My whole family got saved. Jesus became. Wow. It was overwhelming. And my boys got in. And. And then the Apostle Paul came along. And, and Apostle Paul and my family got so tight. And Rufus got in on the ministry. And my wife became, well, let me read you what Paul said about me. Well, not about me, but my wife. He said in one of his epistles, he said, well, it was in Romans. He said, greet Rufus. That's my boy. Wrote about my boy and wrote to the Romans. Greet Rufus. He was living at Rome at that time. Greet Rufus. And then you know what he said? He's chosen in the Lord. You know when he was chosen? Well, I know, before the foundation of the world. But you know when it became a reality? I'm standing in the shadows. Brother, I don't have time for this. (laughs) Another interruption! inconvenience in fact Paul went on to say greet Rufus chosen in the Lord and his mother that's my wife his mother and mine the Apostle Paul called my wife his mother (laughs) that's how tight we were I accidentally made the wrong choice went down the wrong road ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time what an inconvenience point number one providence (coughs) some people might call that Providence. I don't know what providence means to you. It's the idea that something happens to you and it doesn't just happen to you, it literally has the overshadowing hand of God involved in it. And when it's all over and you look back on it later, you end up saying, Wow. God ordained that. <laughs> wasn't an accident. It was on purpose. God actually dipped his finger in my life. That's called providence. I don't what, what are, what's your life like? What? What's your, how do your days go? I've been around you. And your phone rings and you know how you react? Oh brother, another phone call. I wonder if you say that when I call you. It's like, I don't know. You know, another phone call. I don't need another phone call. Wonder who wants what now. You know? Wow. You ever feel like just picking this thing up and just, just, I would, but it would cost thousands to replace it. Just, it's just, wow. What, a, what an inconvenience, and yet you can't, what do you kind of do? Hey, I'm a busy person. You know, I got. TV to watch and I got things to do. I can't just be messing around and, and people are calling and they want this. And then you meet so-and-so on the street and then the traffic gets in your way. And, 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 and there was all of this. You, got, you just, you look at, just, do you know what that produces in me? It's this emotional just disturbance. It's an aggravation. When you interrupt my schedule, you it aggravates me. Cause I don't have time, now I'm running behind. And what I'm And when you come along and you commandeer my time and make me go a mile, you think I'm gonna take time to go two miles, you Didn't have time to go the first mile. Wouldn't have if you hadn't put a sword in my face. Do you suppose that's what Jesus is addressing in the passage? That this is not about a new rule. Hey, they make you go one mile. You go the second one. Okay. This is not about a rule. That what he's really addressing is that this self-centered, powerful individual has stepped into your life and has upset your whole pattern and system for the day. And how do you respond to it? (sighs) You suppose that inside thing That impatience. Well, it's not fair. I know. They shouldn't have to I know. Just because he got money, he thinks he can take advantage. I know. You're right. You're absolutely right. What gives him the right to get in my way? I know. These stupid people on the highway, the way they drive, get out of my way. They don't know how important I am. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. What what is that? You suppose that's what Jesus is addressing in the passage? That kind of impatience, that kind of... We know. We know. But, but work with me on this, will you? What would happen if I would embrace my helplessness? That's the premise. That I would really embrace my helplessness. And that I'm not really in charge. And I really don't have a schedule. And I really don't have a plan. And it's not really my life. But he has come. And he has merged with me. And this new being has been created called the kingdom person I'm not that person he's not that person but together we make that person and now I have this person this kingdom person wow is under a new perspective a new heart throb a new, a new deal and in that merger there is a new plan being played out, and you want to know what you want to know what the new plan is? Oh, get this. Could you stretch your mind to believe this? Listen to this. We know that all things work together for good. oh, you gotta be kidding me. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God. (laughs) Brother. To those who are called according to his purpose. Do you really believe that? I mean really believe it. Do you believe that a person could literally merge with the very living God and in that merger become this new creature and this new creature would be under such a control of the plan of a God who knows the very number of hairs on your head and that everything that happens in your life has divine destiny And that there are no interruptions and there is no inconvenience, it is a movement of the hand of God in your life. Oh. Could you really believe that? Wouldn't that be radical? Wouldn't that be radical? Understand what that would do to your life if that were really the truth. It would eliminate all your griping. Oh brother. You, you couldn't complain about anything. You'd have to say, Oh, thank you, Lord. I mashed my thumb. Hallelujah. You know, it would be ridiculous. Wouldn't that ridiculous? I mean, the person that calls you on the phone every other half hour wanting something. You, God be that involved hey I understand called me to preach I got these revivals I got this I got Sunday morning I got I understand divine call I got that but I'm talking about you know going down the street I'm talking about some old man won't get out of shouldn't talk about old men won't get out of my way I'm talking about you know that, that kind of thing Oh God, involved, and I'm talking about standing in a corner and in the shadows of a shop door, and just at the wrong time, at the wrong place. Oh, brother, some guard comes along, and I gotta take this guy's, and I'm, brother, a divine call. See, do you do you do you really believe that you could get that tight with him? That every single thing in your life? Now, see the thing about this that is so irksome—it's it's inclusive. See, what Jesus is indicating in the passage and then in the Romans thing, all things were, oh, brother, all things. See, I could get all the blessings of God work for good. See, I could get that. But all things, all all things, all things. See, there's an inclusiveness in that that's just too much to get a hold of, people. I mean, you can't tell me all things. There's bad things that happen to people. I (laughs) know. included what if they were I mean come on standing in a shop doorway sword in my face late for my kids how are you going to oh it's going to ruin my suit how are you going to say that's a good thing see how you gonna say, "Woo! Thank you, Jesus." So, are you, are you... unless you really buy in to all things, see, there's something so inclusive about that. And do you realize when you walk through the biblical characters, this just kind of unfolds. Oh, we've talked a little about it before, but, you know, Mary, she is blessed of women. (laughs) whoopee, yeah, she's blessed of women, yeah. I mean, she's pregnant and doesn't have a husband, (laughs) blessed of women. Can you imagine all the stuff she had to, all the gossip and yak, 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 and, well, her friends won't talk to her and ostracized and, and. And, and you look at this and say, Yay, Mary, this is great. <laughs> all things, all things, all things. Come on. And then she's on the back of a mule with clenching to this kid and, 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 and they're rushing off to Egypt land and, and whoopee. This is good, God. Thank you. I'm about to get killed. You know, come on, come on. And hey, if, 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 if you can get over the top of that one, If you can get over the top of that one, okay. Okay. God bless you. But let me take you to about 25 families down in Bethlehem that just had their baby boy under two years of age thrown against the wall. And look those parents in the eyes and say, Woo! You just got to participate in the divine movement of God. So in those occasions in your life, can you bring those in? This is radical, isn't it? What's well, that fair? I know. My baby boy didn't. I know. He didn't deserve it. I got that. Had no right. I know. Herod should have. I got it. But hey could a guy merge? Hey think about it. Could a guy in helplessness Don't have a plan, can't control it anyhow. Could a guy actually be filled with the very essence of God and could he merge with the very divine heart and could you and I literally become one with where God is going and what he wants to do until the whole thing is a flow of divine plan and there isn't anything outside that plan and everything comes under the control of all things work Together for good. And could the grind and could the irritation and could the, oh brother, could all of that be eliminated in my life? And could I live in the confidence and the security of even the things that look bad in my viewpoint? Are included in the divine plan. Whew. Folks, if there is a chance, this is true. <laughs> the Beatitudes are crazy, people. And we've gone through this, but the beatitudes—poor in spirit, okay, I buy that. Yeah, I'm helpless, okay. He comes in all of His greatness and merges with me, and He's the Comforter, okay. I got that. Out of that spills meekness and mercy, and all this good stuff begins to spill in my life, and woo, 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 woo. And then you know how he climaxes the ser- the beatitudes: Blessed are you when they persecute you. <laughs> oh brother where did that come from persecution they shouldn't I know they made me go a mile shouldn't have had to do that let alone two miles I know taking advantage of me (laughs) (laughs) they'll con you man rip you off I know he Ends the Beatitudes with persecution, and it isn't you might be, it isn't possibility you could be, it is you will be because <laughs> God is almost saying, I'm going to be sure that something comes into your life that just upsets your schedule. And bothers your little comfortable pattern. And just irritates the living daylights out of you. I'm going to be sure that happens. So that you'll really know what you're like inside. Otherwise, how would you ever know? Point number one. Providence. Point number two, personal. Isn't this interesting? This is so interesting. Look again at verse 41. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Did you know that the word whoever, see it? And whoever compels you, whoever, you, to go one mile, go with him. All of those are singular Singular. Now, folks, that's irritating. Because this is not mass. This is not crowd. This is not, well, all those Nazarenes. This is you and me eyeball to eyeball. This is you compelling me. You know how many people I run into? Let's say. Uh, preacher, I'm not coming to church. Why not? Well, church has hurt me. Church has hurt me bad. Church has hurt me. The church has hurt me. The church, the church has hurt me. Ah. What Church. Well, that church down, they hurt you. Was it the building that hurt you? Did it fall on you? No. The church hurt me. Well, who in the church hurt you? Was it the Sunday school class? No. Was it the congregation? No. Was it the pastoral staff? No. Well, who was it? And when you begin to dig at it, it was one person to one person. Come to me and say, well the church hurt me. The church didn't hurt you. The church didn't hurt you. The church has done nothing but good for you. Now I know there's some folks here that you don't like. I know that. And there's some folks here I don't like either. And you may be one of them. church is in a mess no it's not no it's not oh you may be in a mess well the church is not in revival yes the church is in re- i'm in revival people you may, ne- may not be i don't hey i don't know where you are but i'm re- i'm in revival well i don't feel the movement of god i'm sorry you may not i do And you may want to label. But Jesus says this is not about the institution. This is not about the. This is about, come on. You and me. See, when it's the church, then there's no possibility of reconciliation. Wow, the church and the Nazarene really ripped me off. Well, how am I going to be reconciled with the church of the Nazarene? (laughs) I'm not. So I'm just going to hang around and gripe about it. But see, when it's. When it's you and me. Did you know that's what his whole emphasis? For instance, the first example was, You shall not murder. That was what the old timer said. I say to you, don't hate. Oh brother, that's bad enough. Don't be angry. That's what he said, don't be angry. That's bad enough. To not, to eliminate anger in your life. That's bad enough. But then he went on and said, don't demean and belittle. And look down on. And call people idiots. Don't feel that. So now I've gone from eliminating anger to I can't even think less of you even though you are less. That was a joke folks. (laughs) I can't even think less of you. That's bad enough. But then he said when I come to the altar and know that you don't like me I've got to go to you. reconcile. Wow. (sighs) What's that got to do with this passage? Oh. See his whole idea here is eye for an eye tooth for a tooth. That's fair. Right. But we're not dealing with being fair. What we're dealing with is An evil self-centered person has come into my life and they are taking advantage of me and making me carry their stinking packages an entire mile. What am I to do? Jesus says, I want you to go over the top of their self-centeredness, over the top of their evil, over the top of their nastiness, over the top of that... And be redemptive. Okay I'll just carry the pack. No. It, the package carrying deal. The going the second mile. Is not the issue people. I'm counting out the steps. That's not the deal. What's the deal? Don't you see. That you have an opportunity. To get involved in their lives. That you will never ever have. Unless they make you carry your their, their packages. And they got to put up with you for two old miles. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) And you will never have another opportunity in their lives like that. So can you see, he says, that that is a golden opportunity brought about by God for you to be redemptive in their lives. Wow. Wouldn't that be? That sounds like. So I come to God and say, God, I want to win people to Jesus. And he says, well, I had this lady run into you. <laughs> Oh yeah, but Yeah, I had this rich guy commandeer your donkey. Cuz you said you wanted to win somebody. The nastiest person in town to get mad at you and get in your face. That's this passage. Let's go back. Really believe that all things work together (laughs) for good? Oh Jesus! This is this is unbelievable. I know, be kind. I know, be loving. I know, but God, the day in and day out busyness of my life and schedule and and the constant bombardment and interference of 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 people people and they're all out to get something and they're all wanting and they're all selfish and self-centered and focused on their own little needs and could you not only eliminate the impatience, the frustration, the grind in my inner being when my schedule is upset, and I'm running late to do what I think I need to do, and you purposely inter- interrupt my schedule with a divine plan. Could you eliminate the frustration, the irritation? The aggravation that I feel inside. And could you not only eliminate the aggravation and fill it. Fill that aggravation with your power and your presence. But could you begin to give me a whole new perspective. Of redemptive possibility. That you've just opened up to my life, and God, some some selfish, self-centered individual comes to my life and demands my time and wants this and wants that, and got it did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I end up just like him, self-centered. Self focused, irritated, upset. So, two people filled with themselves have just had an encounter. And what did it birth? More upset, more walls, more division. Make me redemptive. Make me redemptive. Heads are bowed. Would you, this morning, allow God to stretch you beyond the niceties of what you've called decency, righteousness, goodness. would you open up your inner heart and life to a new vital filling of his presence that would allow you to see all things Work together for good. And that an inconvenience is not an inconvenience, and an interruption is not an interruption, a disturbance is not a disturbance. It knocked on the heart of God and came to your life in divine order. For the sake of a redemptive flow through your life to change people's lives, would you open yourself to that today? Our altar is open for such a one who has that openness. Be obedient.